When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. College Football Live is presented by Dr. Pepper. I got the time. I got the time, dude. Time is of the essence, I'm a blessing in Balenciaga Diamonds are impressive, but their best friends are expensive Drama, hours of affection, no protection, I'm within without it I call day, baby! I call day! But you know they still be trying to give me time to the end of time Since the beginning of time, I put in the time, and that's all the time That's in the time, put it on the line to the finish line Never cross the line, stay within the line, if that's your home inside Then defend inside, and we gon' storm inside, and then we should try We got a and just like that, we find ourselves heading into week three. Happy to have you with us for College Football Live. Alongside Sam Macho and Stanford Steve, I'm Wendy Nix. An interesting week three for a number of notable head coaches across the country. Perhaps none more so than Marcus Freeman still looking for his first win at Notre Dame after losing his first three games in charge. ESPN's FBI gives the Irish a 91% chance to get in the win column this week against Cal. Meanwhile, Missouri State travels to Fayetteville to take on number 10 Arkansas. The trip marks head coach Bobby Trotrino's first time back since his infamous departure in 2012. And it's a new day in Lincoln as Nebraska begins the post-Scott Frost era. Interim head coach Mickey Joseph has a tough first test as the Huskers welcome the Oklahoma Sooners to town. Nothing quite like baptism by fire, but that is Division I college football. Steve, which of these coaches faces the biggest challenge in week three? I'm going to go with the top-ranked uh, team there uh, out of that group, uh, Wendy. And I look at Oklahoma. You know, before the season, Brett Venables said that they had 50 guys that had never put on an Oklahoma uniform before. And now two weeks later, they're going on the road in Lincoln. And this is what I want to see. I want to see Oklahoma face some adversity. Didn't have any problems with UTEP. Struggled a little in the first half last week against Kent State. But now you get all that comes with a true road game, an old rival, let alone all the problems that Nebraska's had the last couple of weeks. Uh, my focus is on Oklahoma and how that offense looks in their first true road test. No, Nebraska head coach, yeah, by the way, has won their first. Oh, go ahead, Sam. Well, I was going to just say, just to piggyback off what a Stanford Steve just said, I wouldn't say Oklahoma. I would say it's the team that Oklahoma is playing. I think it's Mickey Joseph of Nebraska. Now, you could say under the most pressure, but also I would say the biggest opportunity. So, Mickey Joseph is the first black football head coach in Nebraska history. Like, that's a lot. That's a huge accomplishment for him. His brother, Vance Joseph, is an NFL defensive coordinator. Mickey himself played quarterback at Nebraska. He, he, he took Nebraska to two Big 8 titles played in orange bowls right like like 
there's a great opportunity ahead, and I think it starts this weekend when they face Oklahoma. You get a huge win against Oklahoma, all of a sudden you have teams like Rutgers coming up, teams like Indiana coming up, other winnable games. But let's not forget, the issue with this Nebraska football team, it wasn't that they were getting blown out of the water. They were losing close games and playing a little bit too tight, a little bit too stiff. We're hoping that Mickey Joseph will help the team loosen up. And to that end, Sam, as I was mentioning before, no Nebraska head coach has won his first game as an underdog since 1978. But there's no time like the present to reverse that trend. Let's take a look now at our Wendy's Wake Up, brought to you by Wendy's Breakfast. The top-ranked Georgia Bulldogs open SEC play. It will be a road test against South Carolina. The Bulldogs have gone 27-2 and against SEC East opponents over the previous five seasons. And then there's Pitt. Pitt has some questions at quarterback entering their week three matchup. This game will be against Western Michigan starter Keaton Slovis left last week's game with an injury. And then backup Nick Patty took some hard hits as well. So certainly some questions at signal caller for Pitt. In the Lone Star State, the Longhorns play host to UTSA after a close loss to Alabama. No FBS team from Texas has won more games in the last two years. Then the Roadrunners, who are coming off a big overtime win over Army. Look, Sam, it was a very solid showing against Alabama. There's no question about that. But dare I use the T word here for Texas, a trap game. Sam? Wendy, if you haven't been using it, I'm sure that Steve Sarkeesian has. This game is definitely a trap game for Texas, and there are two reasons why. Number one, we talked about it. You play such a tight matchup against the number one team, Alabama. You know you're good enough. You know you've got the stuff. You spent all that time these last weeks and even months, even in the offseason, prepping for Alabama. Well, all of a sudden that game is over, you might have a dip against this UTSA football team. But the other reason it's a trap game is that UTSA could actually beat Texas. Let me tell you why. Over the first 10 years of UTSA's program. They started back in about 10, 12 years ago. They averaged 5.2 wins. Well, now their new head coach, Jeff Trailer, going on his third year. Last year, UTSA was 12-2, and two, and they have some ballers, three really good receivers on the outside, and a quarterback named Frank Harris, who everyone needs to know about. And so this UTSA Roadrunners football team, they are not afraid of anyone. They're ready to come in Austin and try and find their way into a victory. I agree with everything you said, Sam. It's a huge, huge test for Texas to get back up, right? This is why you hire Steve Sarkeesian, to manage everybody saying, yeah, that was a good moral victory against Alabama. But now you've got UTSA coming. This is their Super Bowl. You know, they've had this game circled since it was scheduled. And then the thing that I have a problem with now is I liked UTSA in this situation. And just a little bit ago, I heard on the radio, Coach Trailer said they're down their top four offensive tackles. And it's seeing how physical – Texas was against that Alabama offensive line. That's going to be a tough test, and a lot is going to be on the on the plate of Frank Harris. You know, almost 700 yards in the first two games, six touchdowns. He's been awesome, and now he's got more on his shoulders, which I'm sure he's happy for because, like you said, no team. this is the first time they've ever gone to Austin, so it's a huge opportunity for the Roadrunners. It's a huge opportunity, but to your point, Steve, I can't imagine that makes it any easier. UTSA, by the way, looking for their first win against an AP-ranked team in program history. Again, you got to figure Texas was high against Alabama, and they got to get ready to go one more time. Still to come on College Football Live, 
It's a rivalry renewed. These two teams haven't faced off in five years. It's Jackson State at Grambling. We'll have a preview from this one. And place your bets, everybody. We'll tell you where the smart money is when it comes to BYU, Oregon, and Washington. Doug Kasarian joins us after this. College Football Live is presented by Delicious Ice Cold Dr. Pepper, the one fans deserve. Here are now our featured college football games for Saturday, highlighted by SEC teams, including the number one team in the nation. That's Georgia facing South Carolina at noon. You've got Brian Kelly and LSU playing host to Mississippi State at 6 o'clock Eastern. And then our nightcap, number 13 Miami, number 24 Texas A&M in College Station. All three games also available on the ESPN app. The HBCU has a big game this weekend as well. For more, we send it out to Tiffany Green and Jay Walker. Thursday night flow from Columbia, South Carolina on the campus of Benedict College as the Tigers host Savannah State in an SIAC showdown. You can see it tonight here on ESPNU. Meanwhile, Jay Walker, Tiffany Green, glad to be with you to talk about the biggest game of the weekend around HBCU football, two perennial powers in Grambling State and Jackson State. And what an interesting challenge this is going to be for Grambling State. First year head coach Hugh Jackson going on the road, taking on the number one team in HBCU football led by Coach Dion Prime Sanders. The good thing for Grambling State is they've got running backs. And anytime you can run the football effectively, you've got a chance to control the pace of the game. They're going to need the offense to show up. And they've got a defense that can be very stingy and opportunistic when the occasion calls. Jay, when you're talking about defense, you have to look at Jackson State. They led the nation in sacks last year as a team. They're off to a great start and leading the FCS once again this season. But also, they have not allowed a touchdown yet this season. Yeah, I think the defensive coordinator, Dennis Thurman, who came from the NFL, he's starting to get it. This is a defense that simply dominates the line of scrimmage, the linebackers, as well as the secondary. They've got NFL talent throughout the defense, but let's not get it confused. You're talking Jackson State. It's all about the offense. It's all about the star power. Shadour Sanders distributing the football to all of the playmakers that they have there. Jackson State has all the necessary tools to be a dominant HBCU football program. Now, we know that's going to be a packed house in Mississippi Veteran Memorial Stadium. Why? Because the SWAC led in attendance last year, as they have done multiple years, and you know Coach Prime says, let's bring it on for our home opener. Of course he does. Tiffany J, thank you. How about this scene? And no, it's not Saturday. Not even close. This is today as the college game day bus rolled into Boone, North Carolina, the campus of Appalachian State. The Mountaineers, folks, are ready. It will be a scene. It is going to be absolutely beautiful. College game day at App State for the first time. Our coverage beginning at 9 a.m. Eastern. As promised, Doug Kazarian checks in. He'll join us with Stan for Steve. Talk a little bit of betting lines, if you will. Fellas, and Steve, you're up first, if you will. And we'll start with BYU, who heads to Eugene to take on the Ducks. The Cougars ranked higher in the AP poll, but it's Oregon who's favored by three and a half points. Yeah, that might scare some people here with, with Oregon being favored and BYU fresh off that win over top-ranked Baylor. But when I look at this matchup, I'm still not sold that Oregon's offense is fixed 
after they scored 70 points against Eastern Washington last week. And on the other side, BYU looks like it's going to be again. They're out with they're down. They don't have their top two wide receivers. So I think it's more of a low scoring game. And I look at the under the total 58 points. And that's where I would lean towards in this game. All right, Doug, let's talk about Penn State. They head to the Plains to take on Auburn. Despite being on the road, Penn State favored by three. Yeah, really interesting game from a fan perspective, but pretty uneventful so far this week from a betting perspective. It hasn't been any respected money on this game. The line is three, has stayed three all week. FBI has four for that. what that matters. Typically, you'd want to grab the points with an SEC team at home at Jordan-Hare Stadium catching a full three, but... Obviously, the Tigers have been in such disarray from the offseason. And T.J. Finley, I mean, transferred from LSU. He has one touchdown pass after facing Mercer and San Jose State, three interceptions. And then you think, oh, maybe he's running the ball. He only has seven carries, I believe. So a lot of question marks surrounding Auburn. So I lean Penn State if I had to play it. But not a lot of, a lot of, not a lot of people involved so far this week. Yeah, I think that would aptly be called a, a fair question mark, Doug. All right, let's talk about number 11, Michigan State. Uh, they head west to take on the Huskies. Washington favored by three and a half points at home, Stanford, Steve. Yeah, say that again. It doesn't happen much. An unranked team at home facing a top 11 team in Michigan State on the road. We know all the upsets Michigan State put up last year, but now this is a true test, and it's a true test for Washington. New coaching staff coming in. You know, both teams played inferior competition the first two weeks. Both are averaging over 43 points a game, and both are, you know, giving up minimal points. So what gives here? Is it an offensive game? Is it a defensive game? I think UW has the, has the goods behind, behind Penix and his new coach DeBoer as they re, re, you know, get together again from their days in Indiana. So I look at Washington here. Somebody knows more than me because they're giving points to a ranked team. I'll take Washington. <laughs> you took the words right out of my mouth. It's almost as if they know something we don't. Go figure. Uh, let's talk about Alabama for just a minute. The Crimson Tide, of course, coming off that win, that narrow win over Texas. They host a Louisiana Monroe after uh, after I mentioned just getting past Texas. 40 and a, 48 and a half points favorites in Tuscaloosa, Doug. That's a lot of points. It really is. And if you want to get into the weeds like I do and sort of nerd out on this odds-making stuff, I actually think there's betting value on Alabama more than any other team in these types of situation. When games are lined over 35 points. This is when Alabama actually has betting value, and it's not laying the near seven touchdowns. It's in the first half. So since 2018, when Nick Saban implemented a spread offense with tempo for the first time in his career and had an elite quarterback, that was two of his first years as a starter, they were just blowing everyone out in the first half. They covered 10 of those 12 games in the first half when the game line was 35. But the problem is for the game line, they were 6-6. Six and six. And you say, why is that? Well, no, there's no team that has a bigger drop-off between the first half and second half than Alabama, and it's because Saban is just overt with his sportsmanship. Vanilla play calling, re re reserves, and he's barely outscored those 12 opponents in the fourth quarter by a total of 16 points, so a little over one point per because he just wants to throw a bone to the opponent, let him save face a little bit, maybe get on the scoreboard. So the real kind of betting line value is in the first half because oddsmakers – don't put a first-half line in a vacuum. They use it off the game line. Well, the game line uses this fourth quarter and, and, and gentlemanly Saban, so there's really actually an advantage in the first half. 
because Bama has such a dominant and elite offense and defense that explodes the entire first half. Gentlemanly Saban, I like that on a Thursday afternoon. Doug, I have to wonder, though, if it'll be the case against Louisiana Monroe. Let's not forget they upset Nick Saban's team in 2007. I will also add that the man has a very long memory. Uh, Doug, Stanford, Steve, thank you. When we come back, it's funny. Don't say dreams don't come true. Just sometimes not in the way you might expect. Jake Hayner dreamed of playing in the Coliseum, and this weekend he gets his chance. We'll tell you why coming up. You're watching College Football Live, presented by Dr. Pepper. College Football Live is presented by delicious ice-cold Dr. Pepper, the one fans deserve. Let's take a look at our Dr. Pepper Championship Drive Game of the Week preview. Tyler Van Dyke leads the number 13 Hurricanes into College Station. They'll face Haynes King and number 24 Texas A&M. Miami boasting one of the highest scoring offenses in the country, while the Aggies are hoping to right the ship after a shocking loss to Appalachian State. However, Miami will be without leading receiver Xavier Restrepo. They'll be on the road and certainly, Sam, I have to believe that has some repercussions for Tyler Van Dyke and this offense, no? Well, hopefully so. I mean, I'm excited about what Tyler Van I'm excited about this matchup period. I circled this matchup before the season started, not knowing. I don't think anyone knew that AM was going to lose to App State. Uh, but so, like, this is going to be a great matchup. And the question revolves around quarterback. Is it going to be Haynes King or is it going to be Max Johnson? I think, you know, you talk about this offense, right? Like, they're playing this Miami football team that is coached by a really good uh, coach in, in, in Mario Cristobal. He's got a really good quarterback. But the question on the AM side is simple. Is it a is it a Haynes King issue or is it an offensive structure issue? They had 186 total yards in their game against App State, 97 passing yards in that game total. And so I get it. Like statistically, Haynes King hasn't looked good, but there's a bigger picture and a bigger story that needs to be told of, man, why isn't AM getting the ball down the field more consistently, not just this year and this season, but also in years and seasons past? And so maybe Haynes King is the answer. Maybe it's John. Johnson, uh, but to lose to a team like App State and then you have Miami coming, uh, I got some concerns. <laughs> yeah, I look at the Miami side of things, Sam, and I just think, like, you're, you know you're going to get a good test from A&M. They've heard all week how, about, how embarrassing it was to lose last week to App State. I do think we got to see Max Johnson at some point. But what is this Miami game plan going to look like? They're down their, their best receiver, as Wendy pointed out. You know Mario Cristobal wants to run the football. That's what he does, being a former offensive lineman, being a former offensive line coach. So that's why I want to see the game plan. We know Tyler Van Dyke could throw it, but does he keep his team in manageable situations, and can they keep those first downs within a, you know, an easy distance? That's what you need to take that road, the, you know, the crowd out of the game. So I'm really interested to see the game plan for Miami. Yeah, and you're right. Haynes King isn't afraid to throw it downfield, averaging almost 12 and a half yards per pass attempt. And by the way, the second highest rank rank among uh, qualified FBS players this season. Another quarterback not at all afraid to take his shot. Fresno State's Jake Hayner, who leads his team against USC on Saturday. Listen to this. I remember through the recruiting process, I really wanted to get a USC offer, and 
you know, little Jake Hanner was too small to play there and didn't have enough stars on his name. So, um, you know, I never got that opportunity. But now I get to go in there and play and do everything I can to uh, help our team get a win on Saturday. I think we're going to go in there with that mindset and, you know, play as the underdogs and, and do everything we can to, uh, you know, give the Trojans a fight. There's really nothing to be nervous about. No one expects us to win. The only people that expect us to win are the people in that locker room, the people in this facility. I just think you got to play really hard, gritty football for four quarters. And no matter what the score says, I just think that I'm going to go out there, put my best foot forward. And if the team feels that and know that I'm going to go out there with no fear and no regrets, that's all I can ask. And that's all I can ask my teammates. I mean, textbook, absolutely textbook, guys, in the way you want him to answer these questions. Good for him, Steve. He goes up against USC, and he's right. The only people who expect themselves to win, I would assume, is that team. Uh, how lopsided is this? Uh, what will we see from Fresno State against the Trojans? I got to say, Wendy, add me to the list. I think they can win this game. They had a brutal, brutal loss at home to Oregon State last week on the road, and it wasn't Jake Hayner's fault. He went right down the field with a minute left to take the lead, and then the defense had some unfortunate things happen, and Oregon State gets a walk-off win. But Fresno State is more than capable offensively to do this thing. And everybody remembers last year, LSU goes out to Pasadena to play UCLA, and UCLA was everybody's favorite team. The next week, Jake Hayner right there, game-winning touchdown pass, puts his body on the line, the kid is an ultimate playmaker. You can see he doesn't need any extra motivation. He has it. And I just think about Fresno State and what SC looked last week against Stanford. Fresno State has way more team speed to keep up with SC than Stanford did. And that's why I think they have a good chance. Um, Stanford, Steve, do, do you feel that? Like, when you listen to this man do this interview, I, I was getting chills. Like, Jake Hayner is fearless. He's a baller. And going back to that UCLA game from last year, right, like you saw him with the hip, it's almost like he could barely walk, and he took his team, gave his team victory, two touchdowns, both late in the game in the fourth quarter. So, for me, I think this is Jake Hayner's opportunity to show the world who he is on a national stage against the team right now in the Pac-12, the, the, the name brand. The, the, the coach and the other quarterback, he's always been the under, underdog. And so I can't wait to see what Jake Hayner does this weekend against that team right there, USC. Everyone's darling now that they've started off 2-0. Jake Hayner says, all right, I'm going to show you who I am, and you're going to have to respect me one way or another. Sometimes that chip residing squarely on our shoulder, guys, can serve can serve us well. Uh, Sam, I, before we let you go, we know you got the call on Texas UTSA. If we watch for one thing in that game, what should we be watching? Uh, watch for the receivers from UTSA. They have three really good receivers, guys that can get down the field, and then their quarterback. Once again, their quarterback is really, really good. So check out for him as well. Bye, everybody.